Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Millionaire Real Estate Agent Podcast. I'm Jason Abrams, and this is the place where we lift the curtain on the world of real estate like never before. Every week, I sit down with visionaries, pirates, and mavericks. We're here to document, demonstrate, and most importantly, demystify their game-changing models and systems. What secrets propel them to the top, and how are they living their dreams? This is about passion, it's about strategy, but above all, it's about real, tangible success. So buckle up and let's dive in. This is the Millionaire Real Estate Agent Podcast. Happy New Year, everybody. It is officially 2024, and a large group of you are sitting back and watching football games. You're watching Michigan, you're watching Alabama, you're watching Texas, you're watching Washington. Who better to bring to you on this great New Year's Day of football than Molly Fletcher? Friends, Molly Fletcher has been called the female Jerry Maguire. She broke through the ceilings that had been set in her industry and became one of the most well-known sports agents of her day. She's a nationally recognized speaker and the author of one of my preferred books on energy called The Energy Clock. Friends, sit back, buckle up. This is Molly Fletcher. I am joined today by Molly Fletcher. Molly, how are you? I'm doing awesome, Jason. It's good to be with you. This is fun. It's an honor. Thank you so much for doing our show. We really appreciate it. I can't wait to dig in, man. We got a lot to talk about. We do, but we've never had anybody on this show with as cool of a nickname as yours, <laughs> the female Jerry Maguire. Now, the joke around here, because the New York Times and my mother called me the Jerry Maguire of real estate. So you and I, a little something in common. Yeah, we do. We do. We do. I remember that movie. Do you remember that movie? They had one client, though, right? And remember how stressed out he was? And you and I had a whole lot more than one. That is for sure. The crazy thing is, is when I speak now in front of like young professionals and I say I was the Jerry Maguire of real estate, it's blank faces across. They have no idea who that was because that was the 90s that that movie came out. It makes you feel old, doesn't it, man? It, 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 no, it really does. So I, I, I'm so the nickname speaks for itself. But walk us through walk us through the story. How, how do you earn that moniker? Well, you know, I was a student athlete in college, played tennis, wanted to stay in the business of sports you know, moved to Atlanta, Jason, to try to chase that dream from Michigan where I grew up and got down to Atlanta, negotiated a deal to teach tennis at an apartment complex for my rent. Because as you know, when you start in that space, you, you know, you make like 600 bucks a month or whatever it is, right? So I uh, sort of structured that deal, which was super helpful. I taught tennis, you know, an hour and a half a week in exchange for my rent. But it gave me a little bit of time to navigate and nurture relationships, build build connections to try to get sort of inside the world of sports. And the truth is, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I, I really didn't know that I wanted to be an agent per se, but I got an opportunity after a little bit of time with a small agency in Atlanta that had, you know, a couple baseball players and a few NBA coaches. And my role was to, to literally, it was right during the Olympics, talk about the 90s. And so it was during the 1996 Olympics in Atlanta. And my job initially was really to drive Lenny Wilkins around from one appearance to another throughout that Olympic period. I was his driver driving him around from one event to the other, which for me at 21, I mean, you know, it's Michael Jordan, Shaq, all these guys. 
was pretty cool. But then when that ended, I remember going into our leader's office and I said, you know, how are we going to grow this business? He said, well, what do you mean? And I said, well, what's our plan to get more clients? Because that appears to be the way that we can really grow. And he said, referrals. I mean, really pretty confidently, right? Like, oh, uh, you know, and, and I'm dating myself here, but he was like, you know, Lenny Wilkins referred Chuck Daly and Chuck referred Mike Fratello and Fratello referred and he keeps going. And, and I thought, man, well, what if we got more aggressive? And he said, well, what do you mean? And I said, well, what if we like went out and recruited more players, more coaches? I mean, what do you think? And he's pro- probably candidly, Jason, to your point about, you know, he's looking at me, a female who didn't play and didn't coach at that level or anything thinking, well, how's that going to work? Fortunately, he blessed it. I said, can I put a business plan together and show you how I think we can do this? And he said, I mean, if you can figure it out, go for it. And so it took a little bit of time to do that and started with baseball. And I'd go down to Tech, Georgia Tech. Jason, you remember they had a great, you know, they have a great baseball program and their head coach kind of was really good to me, took me in and sort of helped me understand it. I'd I'd lean on that fence every day and, and and I'd look down and there'd be scouts and parents and, you know, mostly scouts, though, and khakis and golf shirts with chewing tobacco on one side and bubble gum in the other. Right. And 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 I really learned the lingo. I didn't know, you know, the difference between a mitt and a glove and spikes and cleats and cupped and uncupped bats and finished and unfinished handles. And so I learned it. And got a couple guys that year coming out in the draft and a couple more and, and, and sort of that evolved and percolated over the next five to eight years. I had, I don't know, 30, 40 guys. So what, what you just did eloquently and almost effortlessly is you just told the story of creating a funnel and taking a massive leap into lead generation, which mm-hmm. I believe is one of the things that hold a lot of great entrepreneurs back, which is they focus on everything other than generating leads because you really have to put yourself out there. Sure. So walk me through, did, was, was that just intuitive for you? Or was that something that you had to, um, you had to learn new skills, obviously new language. What sure. else did you have to learn? That, you know, being who you really are is important. You know, I mean, I didn't want to try to show up like a scout or a coach because I just wasn't comfortable in that showing up in that way. That wasn't who I was. It wasn't what I knew. I think you've got to be comfortable with no and and be curious and not be afraid to ask questions and learn. Um, you know, I think you've got to be comfortable building relationships with people that that you can pour into and, and at some level make their lives a little bit better so that they want to help make your life a little bit better. You know, it's if you if you give enough people what they want in life, you'll get at some level potentially what you want. So you know, I'm grateful for parents who inspired me to go for things that no is truly just feedback. You know, growing up with two older brothers that be- beat me up, right? I mean, I-, I learned pretty quickly that jump into the pile, you might, you know, come out with a little blood, but it'll heal and it'll make you stronger along the way. So yeah, you got You got to step out there. And I think, you know, at some level too, it's sort of saying, how do I get to the source quickly? How do I just really put myself in the middle of the ring quickly ask the tough questions, learn and grow, build relationships. And then, and then from there, to your point, that's when opportunity arises. Because if we're going to be curious, if we're going to go for more, if we're going to push ourselves, we're going to be in this stretch zone, this place where it's a little bit uncomfortable sometimes and no will happen. And, and I think, and that's one of the things that you see with the best athletes in the world. I mean, they don't get there by, by struggling, by failing, by missing. 
I mean, as a baseball player, you hit 300 and, and you're maybe in the Hall of Fame if you do it for long enough and you're successful 30% of the time. I mean, when you start pulling some of these stats, you see they fail a lot, but they put themselves out there and let themselves have that pit in their stomach and they do it anyway because they know it makes them better. So th- this idea, though, that you were doing something, you're a trailblazer. You, you, I mean, you've, you've blazed trails in literature. You've blazed trails as an agent. Um, you, you just do this. But that had to have been a little bit scary at the time because you can't do it because you're a girl, quote unquote, sounds right. like what you heard. W- was that always on your mind? When you showed up, there weren't a whole lot of people that looked like you doing the same thing. Well, there was really none, to be honest, Jason. I mean, at the time, there really wasn't any other women that were negotiating big league contracts or that were, you know, I'd be on the range at PGA Tour events and there was no other women. And and the truth is, I didn't spend a lot of time focusing on that. What I spent a lot of time focusing on is being so good at what I was doing that they couldn't say no by adding so much value to their world, by, by bringing value and, and, and doing it authentically and, and with, with, with character and integrity and all those things, so that no became a difficult thing to have happen. So I, didn't, I, I never focused on what everybody else was doing. This is almost like the gift of not knowing. When you can look up and not focus on what everyone around you is doing and simply then play your game and run your play, you will be farther ahead. Gary Keller did this exact same thing. Remember, Gary Keller gets into the real estate business and then boom, all of a sudden there's a recession and interest rates go to 18, 19, 20%. And you know what? He still sold his number of houses that was his goal that year. Well, everybody else wasn't making sales. How did he do it? Because he didn't know any better. Because the market that you start in is simply what the market is. If you're hanging on to what the market was or what you wish the market would be, or you're in some kind of group where everyone around you is doing the same thing and having mediocre results, stop that. Get out of that. It almost sounds like that was the key to Molly breaking through the ceiling, which is she didn't even actually realize the ceiling was there. So talk me through this because you 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 list a ton of things that you needed to be. You needed to have a good reputation. You needed to be upfront and honest. You needed to be consistent. You needed to be all these things. What were the keys to creating raving fans in your business? Because my guess is the keys in your business are very similar to the keys in ours. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, to me, it's it's spending a lot more time worried about what they want and a lot less time worried about what you want spending a lot less time thinking and anticipating the gaps potentially in their lives. And then, you know, I always say, act like you have the business before you have the business. What does that mean? Behave in a way that sends a message to somebody through what you do, that this relationship really matters to me. And and here's the thing, like there's things that we can do before we have the business. And then there's things that we can't do. But what are the things that you can do? What are the creative things? you? I, I couldn't negotiate a big league guy's contract until he signed with us, but I could bring in marketing deals. I could, I could create an opportunity to start up maybe a kid's camp for him, donate to a local charity. I could you know, do a lot of different things for them before I represented them. And what happens is you get them to say yes enough. Then when you ask for the business, no becomes really hard. And now that takes time. That takes discipline, that takes consistency, takes all that. But that was at some level, 
I think one of the one of the big biggest things that I did that really helped help me grow our business and scale the business, and and it's very different in 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 the real estate space, no question. Yeah, very different yet very similar. Because what 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 I hear you're saying is, I'm going to provide and I'm going to show either the same amount or more value than the people that you're in business with today, and over time you're going to realize you're in business with the wrong person. That's exactly right. I mean, it's funny. You know, one of the questions that I would ask maybe a prospect early on in the process would be, what do you love about your agent? What do you love about him? And now that question's a really safe question, right? Like that doesn't make them feel uncomfortable. And they're super comfortable saying, oh my gosh, it's my brother. Like he's awesome. Now I know, dude, run. He's good. I, I probably don't have a shot, right? <laughs> That's in trouble with our business. Everyone's brother is a real estate agent. But go ahead. I get it. That's a good point. Or or they say, eh, you know, I, I like them, but they, they, you know, they really aren't very proactive for me or they don't do this or their fees are too high or they're this or they're that. Now, you know, if there's a little bit of a door open. So to me, at opening that with that question is 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 a really awesome way to get kind of under the hood and inside of what's working for them and what's not working for them. And then beginning to sort of say, okay, based on what I hear, how can I begin to add value to this relationship in advance of it, to your point, to where they all of a sudden wake up one day and go, dude, the guy that represents me, that does all this for me, he doesn't even do all this for me. And you don't even represent me yet. And you're doing all this. And then it's almost like, it becomes obvious to them that they that they need to switch, that they want to switch. And and every, like probably many of the people listening, I mean, every athlete that I signed, unless they were coming out of high school and college, they were switching to me from another agent. So you 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 had to pour into them in advance of, of securing the business. It's so funny what she said. Did you hear what she said? She said, any athlete that was switching to me was switching from another agent. You think it's any different in the real estate business? As a matter of fact, it's not only not any different, it's absolutely the same. The vast majority of people, excluding your first-time buyers and sellers, will be folks who worked with another real estate agent before. That's just the truth of it. So why in the world do the majority of people say they would work with another, the same realtor? That they had an experience that they deemed to be satisfactory or above, and they would work with the same realtor, yet the majority of them don't. Why does that happen? It happens for the same reason Molly is saying it happened to those other agents. We stop providing value after we believe that they're our client. And over the long term, that absence of value becomes a doorway for somebody else. Here's my question to you. When you look up at your touch program right now that you're sending to all the people in your database, what are you sending them that's needed and useful? You see, if you're not sending anything needed and useful, and then they choose to do business with somebody else, how can you fault them? They didn't actually need you and didn't find the things that you were doing useful. Remember, if people do business with people they like, and in our business, part of being liked is providing them timely and accurate information about real estate, and you're not doing that, can you really call yourself their real estate agent? I'll take it a step further. If you have them in your database and you don't have their physical address, how can you possibly tell me that you're their real estate agent for life if you don't even know where they live? How can you even begin to provide value? What Molly is saying makes all the sense in the world. I provided more value than whoever they were with before they were ever with me. 
And I'm going to tell you this, whether you're trying to recruit customers into your real estate business, real estate agents into your brokerage houses, or simply talented people into your life, that model works. I meet you. I show you more value than you're currently getting. At some point, you decide to work with me. Friends, take it to the bank. That model works. I got to ask, because you're, you were in one of the most competitive people businesses in the world, playing at the highest level on the planet. How, how, did you, how did you do that and still end up with a beautiful family? How did you do that and not lose yourself? Because I know a lot of sports agents that live on airplanes, live in hotels, and finish every day at the bar. <laughs> you know, Jason, it was my mom and dad and my incredible husband. And because you're 100% right, you can lose your mind. And and I remember, Jason, I, I flew private to Miami. We were on a boat for spring, spring training with a bunch of guys. I mean, one professional athlete after another coming onto this unbelievable yacht, you know, it was it was unbelievable. And then we were flying out that night, right? Fly private down, go to the boat, fly back. And I remember landing and calling my mom. And I was like, oh my God, mom, you wouldn't believe this, right? Like Miami, flying private, landed, boat, car, picks us up at the way. And literally my mom goes, how are the girls? My daughters. Wow. She goes, how are the girls? How's Fred, my husband? She didn't care at all. And then, and that happened enough, Jason, where they came down to Atlanta once for, for, they had landed. It was early in my career and I picked them up at the airport. I was so excited. We went to have lunch. My phone rang through the entire lunch with them just after picking them up. And my mom and dad are like my heroes. And I'm I take one call after another, one after another. They're like they could have had that same lunch in Michigan alone because I basically wasn't at the table. And I remember coming back and my mom going, what do they all want that is so important? And, you know, it was those kinds of moments consistently. And and and, and that at 100% was, you know, my mom looked at me one time and she said, you know, Molly, there's only one person that can be these girls' mother. And it's you. And that was, she has the ability to say things in a few words that'll just set me right straight. And that was, there was lots of those little moments. That's so good. You know, I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm reminded in, in the book that you wrote, uh, and you've, you've written a few, needless to say, but in the book, The Energy Clock, um, there, there's this question you ask, and it's, you're, you're relaying a similar story. And you say, if I hadn't taken those calls right at that moment, what would have happened? Would those clients have fired me? And then you have this realization, no way. I had filled their cups so much they were overflowing. I had filled them up plenty. Mm -hmm. it, it's so fascinating to me because I think I know real estate agents who say, I haven't taken a vacation without my phone ever. And I got sand in my laptop to prove it. And we say this and like pounding our chest, like this is yeah. something to be proud of. Yeah, yeah, no. And I think if you can pour into the relationships when you can, right? Then when they do go to voicemail, for whatever reason, in that window of time, because you're with your family, you're having dinner, you're putting your kids to bed, whatever that is, they won't fire you because you've over-delivered in the moments that you could so that you can have the moments at the end of the day, potentially with the people that matter most. And, and that's one of the biggest regrets people have at the end of their life is not spending enough energy on the relationships in their life that matter most. So to me, it's a big, that's why I love 
you know, adding value consistently to, to relationships and anticipating those gaps and pouring into people so that, you know, when they go to voicemail and trust me, I mean, athletes, they aren't accustomed to voicemail, right? Everybody takes their call. I mean, everybody does. I mean, they pull up to, to Taco Bell and people freak out and hand them their food for free. I had a guy once get pulled over by the cops when he was on the phone with me and the cop came over and freaked out and goes, never mind, never mind, but will you sign the ticket? I'm not gonna give you a ticket, but would you sign it? So, so good. they don't go to voicemail. And so, you, you know, you're, you, I, would, I remember when people would see like, you're sending Doc Rivers to voicemail? Like, what are you doing? Well, yeah, because I talked to him seven times yesterday. He'll be all right. He'll be all right. And he, and he was. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Well, and that's so in, in the book, you kind of create this idea that there are there's there's positive things. You label them green. This increases your energy and is meaningful to you. And that sounds like the time that you were spending with your your, your daughters, the time that you were spending with your parents. Mm-hmm. Then you go into this orange idea, which are what are the things that don't necessarily increase or decrease your energy, but they exist. And then you have this big red lever here, which is an arrow pointing down that says, what decreases your energy? Molly, are you suggesting that people go and actually take inventory of what gives them energy, what's neutral, and what takes it from them? A hundred percent. And here's the thing. This is going to sound weird and, and different, but burnout isn't a result of doing too much. Burnout isn't a result of doing too much. It's a result of compromising what matters most to you. So what is incredibly important, we live in a world where we operate against our clocks, our our time, our calendars. That's how most business people operate. Great athletes at some level ensure that they have the kind of energy to bring to their time. And at some level, business people, right, they accept one thing after another. They show up to these moments and they're like, why am I even here? Like, do I even need to be here? Does this call really need to be an hour? Could it be 45 minutes? Right. All these things. And then they compromise, sadly, sometimes what matters most. So what, I, what I'm suggesting is that, yeah, I would encourage people to pull back and say, what gives you energy physically, mentally, emotionally, relationally, and spiritually? Write all those down. Write them all down. And then say, what drains my energy physically, mentally, emotionally, relationally, spiritually? And then what I encourage people to do is go out into their calendars for the next 30 days and literally color code protect the things that give you energy, protect them. Because if we don't decide where our energy goes, everybody else will, everybody else will. So we have to be intentional. I don't even think they're cognizant that they're doing it. No, for sure. I don't think they are either. I mean, and that's the thing. And what's amazing is, you know, I had a baseball player, Jason once, who he was going to be a projected first round pick, Jason Hayward. And he's still out in the big leagues. And he was coming out in the draft and he was going to sign for a bunch of money. And, and of course, as a baseball player, you want to get to arbitration and then free agency. That's when you really get paid. And we had all kinds of deals coming in for Jason, autograph signings, appearances, endorsement deals, lots of stuff, lots of activity that you could easily opt into, right? Like sign your name for an hour, watching cartoons for a hundred grand. Sounds kind of interesting, right? I'm in. (laughs) And, and I remember Jason saying, I'm going to take a pass. And I was like, 
Okay, down, cool. He said, I'm going to take a pass because here's the thing. I know that if I do what I need to do on the field as an athlete, as a baseball player, then I'll get to the big leagues quicker. I'll get to arbitration and free agency quicker. So I want to focus on the things that matter most so I can perform at my best as a baseball player and train to, to, to perform at my best because all of that in spades will be there in the future. How old was he when 18. he 18. I know. Okay, that, that doesn't even seem fair. I know. <laughs> I can't tell you because the show, the rules here don't allow us for me to tell the audience what I was thinking about at 18. That's <laughs> incredible to me, Molly. It, Talk it, about a gentleman who had his energy clock set. Right, right. And so I think what's important for, it, because when you're a professional athlete and you're and you're doing what you're doing for what is a really short window of time, you have to be remarkably intentional. And, and I think what's important for for, for the agents and the, and, and the KW family and others to understand is that if we're, if we're going to close more deals, create more leads, if we're going to have more business, we have to have the kind of energy to do that, right? Can we, can we lock up new clients if we're exhausted and drained? I, I would say no. I mean, can we, can we navigate difficult conversations and put the energy that that requires if we're, if we're exhausted? No. And, and what happens often when people give their energy to the things that don't matter most, generally the things based on the stats that get compromised is your, your relationships, your health, your sleep, right? You get compromised. And so when that happens over time and at scale, because you're giving away so much and you're not doing the things that really level set you physically, mentally, emotionally, that's burnout. Molly, I, I think you're a genius. Like, I, I think you are so brilliant. And, and here's the reason why. I, and it might be a gift, but here's what I believe. I believe that you have been an amazing student of the game. Not a game, but the game. You seem to understand people and the way to maximize potential at a level that it, it's off the charts. Um, thank you so much for sharing that with us. I... I this idea of setting your energy clock and auditing what's giving you energy, here's my only question. Once I have my list and now I've laid out my calendar and I look up at it and I see maybe some people that are taking my energy, but I feel obligated to them. I see maybe some things that I quote unquote think I have to do that's taking my energy. I see my side hustle as the thing that's giving me energy maybe. All I'm suggesting is I look up and what I find is uncomfortable. Yeah. How do I then go make the changes in my life? So to me, balance, you know, at some level is in, it, it is this teeter-totter that's an impossible thing to level set. But we've been sold this bill of goods that it's about balance. It's about alignment. It's about clarity is what it's really about. So what we have to remember is, yes, it will feel uncomfortable. But what we've done is we've gotten really, really clear on what matters most to us. Now we've got to have the courage and the discipline to live into it to level set, to have the tough conversations, to say no, because when we say no, you know what we're doing? We're saying yes to something that we already got clear matters most. Is it easy? No. Is it uncomfortable? Yes. Will you have one hell of a 90th birthday party? Will you have the kinds of people in your life that matter most? Will you have great success without compromising your family? 
100%. I love it. I think it's the most positive view of success and fulfillment that I've heard put together and articulated. Genius. All right, Molly Fletcher, we want to invite you to the lightning round. Now, before you say yes, this is where we ask you a series of questions in quick succession, and we want the first thing that comes to the top of your head. Will you play? I'm in. She's in. All right, Molly, what is your favorite color? Green, because I'm a Spartan. There, there it is. Okay, there, there it is. Did you went? You went to Michigan. Oh, stop the lightning round. You went to Michigan State. <laughs> I play tennis in Michigan State. There you go. Hubbard or Acres? Oh wow! Look at you. I, I do this with all the guests. I was at Case Hall. I was a student athlete, so I was across from the Duffy Doherty Training Building. There it is. Shout out to all the Spartans out there. Okay, I like it. lightning round recommence. Molly, what's your favorite food? My favorite food, oh my gosh, I'm a health maniac. My favorite food is chicken. <laughs> wah, wah. <laughs> Molly, what, it's the worst answer we've ever had in the lightning round. But what's your favorite movie? I don't watch movies, man. I don't have time. If I had to pick, I would say, honestly, uh, I loved Pretty Woman because it's just, it, I loved that movie. I don't know why. I, I think maybe uh, I just You don't know why like because it's, uh, stop the lightning round. <laughs> if you, it, because it has everything a good movie needs to have. A young Richard Gere, Julia Roberts, a, a, a woman of ill repute who finds redemption. This is a phenomenal movie. I know. I love that movie. I love that movie. And then I got, I love Jerry Maguire. I mean, for a couple of reasons. I mean, one it's a great, and then Top Gun. My brother's, my brother was a fighter pilot, so I, I, I dig that movie too. When she's in that red dress, and yes. okay, we don't have to get back into it. Okay, <laughs> begin the lightning round again, Molly. Is there a book? It doesn't have to be one that you've written um, that you've read that you think everyone listening to this who wants to have a bigger life and a better sales career should read. A bigger life and a better sales career. So those are sort of. I would say. Uh, I love Atomic Habits by James Clear. I, I mean, and I know it's been on the top of the Amazon and New York Times and every other list for like 300 consecutive weeks. I mean, it's insane. It's a great book because it's so applicable. I love all of Adam Grant's work. I love all of Patrick Lincioni's work. A sales book that I love is Patrick Lincioni's book called Get Naked. Great. So book. good. So it's good. It's so good. It is. So His good. stuff Everything is good. Everything he writes. He, it's so good. He's so good. You know, John Gordon's a friend. His stuff is really good. Um, and, and then Greg McEwen, I had him on my podcast. He wrote Essentialism, also a really good book. When you – stop the lightning round. <laughs> when you get into Essentialism and you hit that page in that book where he has that drawing, where it's the – it, yeah. friends, here's what you're looking at. You're looking at this really squiggly line and then you're looking at a eccentric circle with an arrow going up. And he makes the argument that the scattered person is living this wild existence while the essentialist has boiled it down to the few things that matter most. Akin to another great book called The One Thing by Gary Keller, very similar ideas, but – I love that book. It's fantastic. I I agree. I think it is, and I think, but and I will say, I think Jay and Gary's book is incredible too. I mean, I had read that book long before I had ever created the connection between Gary and Keller Williams, et cetera. And that book to me has a lot of the similar, honestly, nuggets in it that that uh, Greg's book has. Love that. What about a podcast? Now, I ask you that knowing full well, friends, Molly has one of the, I think the coolest podcasts out there. I'm like one of your raving fans. Um, feel free because I want everyone to go listen to this podcast. Molly, where can they find you? 
Game Changers with Molly Fletcher is the name of the podcast. I mean, it's everywhere, wherever you, you listen to your podcast. And and yeah, Jason, I mean, we've been so blessed. I mean, we've had some incredible guests, coaches, Dabo Sweeney. Gosh, well, everybody comes. Everybody comes to do your podcast. And you know what's interesting <laughs> about it when you listen is that they show up there and they talk to you like a friend. It, it doesn't even feel like an interview. It feels like a couple of friends hanging out. Well, this is what that this is what this feels like too, which is super fun. That's that's what it's all I, about. I think it's so cool. Okay, so so other than your podcast, go listen to Game Changer. What 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 what's the other one? What are the voices in your head right now? Man, you know, I I, uh, I love things that are you know around performance, physical performance, mental performance. So you know, Huberman's podcast I love around physical performance. Anything kind of in that space that is around physical and mental performance to me are the ones. But Huberman, I love. Um, that's probably one of the biggest ones that I listen to, to to really pull some great content. His stuff is really good. It's really good. So, you know, by the way, if you don't know Andrew, he's he, first yes. of all, he's a certified genius and he's yeah. running the <laughs> neuro department at Stanford. And in his spare time, he writes books and creates a podcast on all things mental. And I'm just going to tell you, if you want to get a better night's sleep, go listen to his episode yes. on sleep. Change your life. Yeah. I'm so glad, Jason, you're life. familiar with it. It's so good, isn't it? I mean, he's brilliant. I didn't know he was literally a genius. Certified it literally genius. Is. But by the way, it's only good if you're into logic and reason. So I know that takes <laughs> half of you all away. So don't bother going if you're not, because he's going to prove his work because math. It's yes. that good, though. Yeah, it's so good. It's Molly, so good. And Adam Grant's is too, by the way. Adam Grant's podcast. Yeah. All right. Last question. Famous favorite vacation spot. Oh, my gosh. You know, here, here's the truth. I believe the vacation is really important. But I believe that we want to love where we are every single day. So with that in mind, I would say my favorite vacation spot is Mayacoba in Mexico. I think it's called the Rosewood, right? Have you been there? Isn't it called the Rosewood in Mayacoba? It's ridiculous. With a new The One up the street, which is supposed to be incredible also, but I haven't been. Yes, that that one is really good. I mean, when, when you pull your bike up and park it to go – to the beach and you come back and they've turned it around to face out so that you can leave easily. I mean, that's what I'm talking about, right? Like it's, it's, it's pretty sweet. They do that here at Keller Williams all the time. Yeah. Friends, that was Molly Fletcher. She survived the lightning round. Molly, thank you for everything you're doing to help grow people. Because here's what we believe. The path of every successful business mirrors the personal growth of that business's founder or owner. And Molly, you took us all forward today. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Jason and the KW family, man. I love you guys. You're awesome. There it is. You just heard it from the Jerry Maguire of real estate. Remember, my mom called me that, and so did the New York Times, to the female Jerry Maguire. That's a lot of Maguires all in one show. And boy, was it worth it. You know, when I read Molly's book, The Energy Clock, There's a story on page 57 that I love. It's very short. Here's what she says. She says, too often in life, it takes a crisis for us to wake up and pay attention to the effect of our choices. My hope in writing this book is that you'll realize sooner the power you have when you take control of your energy. She makes the argument in the book that you might not control your time, but you do control your energy. Have you ever seen people that have a tragedy? Have you ever seen the people that say, oh my gosh, I just had a heart attack. I'm really going to start eating more healthy. 
friends, you don't have to have the heart attack. Like, that's that's so crazy to me. The data and the science is so wildly clear on the fact that if you take risky behaviors with the things that you eat, you are more likely to have a heart attack. Why wait for the crisis? You see, tragedy, in some cases, there's nothing you can do to avoid it. But in others, it's something that you could be inviting into your life through the choices that you're making. See, every morning we get to wake up, and Molly's argument is that there's this clock that every one of us carry around in our head, and either you're filling it with green things that give you energy, orange things that don't move your energy one way or the other, or red things that take your energy from you. The energy vampires are all around us. They show up in strange places. They show up innocuously. Some of them are showing up as your family members, and you don't even realize it. This book, this show, was all about getting you to be willing to make the list of the things that give you energy and rob it from you, and then start to systematically remove the things that are robbing your energy. You know why? Because it's yours, and you deserve to have it. You see, energy, the way Molly tells it, is a secret weapon. And she makes the argument that there's a handful of people that know how to use it. And she's not guessing. She's telling you this because she has worked with the world's greatest professional athletes. She has watched humans achieve on a level of achievement that most of us will never be close to. And she's telling you that it begins and it ends with the energy that you have and the way that you choose to focus it. Friends, focus and energy doesn't get any simpler, and it certainly doesn't get any more important. That was Molly Fletcher. There it is. That wraps another episode. Friends, I don't know what you're taking out of this. I really don't. I'll tell you what I want you to be taking out of it, which is these are the people that are having tremendously big lives. And the reason it's happening is because they're setting up the models and systems to do just that. Gary Keller told me that leadership is teaching people how to think so that they do the things they need to do when they need to do them so that ultimately they get the things they want when they want to have them. And that's what I want for you. You're all leaders, but it begins with leading ourselves. If you're enjoying this podcast, I want you to click the subscribe button anywhere that you get your podcasts. We want to be the voice in your head every single week. And every week, we're dropping new content. We also send out a newsletter at the conclusion of every show to make sure that you get the highest points and the models and systems that were discussed. So if you want to sign up, I need your name and your email address. Head over to the millionaireagentpodcast.com. Millionaireagentpodcast.com. Enter your name and your email address, and every week, that newsletter will be in your box. Friends, you just went on a journey. I hope that what happens between now and the next time we meet is absolutely wonderful for you. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next week. This podcast is for general informational purposes only. The views, thoughts, and opinions of the guest represent those of the guest and not KWRI and its affiliates and should not be construed as financial, economic, legal, tax, or other advice. This podcast is provided without any warranty or guarantee of its accuracy, completeness, timeliness, or results from using the information. 